Curiosity. Kill the rat. Curiosity. Kill the rat. Sup guys and welcome back to Curiosity Killed the Rat here with another episode. I'm Kate. I am I was about to say I'm Kate and I'm a science enthusiast. Um which is That's true. My that line. is that is not a false what are statement, you doing? but I'm so I know, that's the thing. You you normally open the show and that's how you open it. So I was like, that's the line. That's that's the script, right? Well, I mean, it's not um, untrue, I, is it? You are a science exactly. enthusiast. I am indeed very enthusiastic about science, but I am also, I have some credentials in the field of science. I, I am studying it, doing it, working it, living it, breathing it. Uh, neuroscience is my gem. None of that is the point for today because as you will probably be aware because you've all seen the episode title, um, Today, we're not talking about neuroscience, we're talking about vaccines again, Woo. going in for a dose too. Before we launch into that, I first want to acknowledge that I am recording from lands traditionally owned by the Wawandari people and pay my respects to elders past and emerging and present also. Um, <laughs> I am joined. I This is why I can't just have a show by myself. I need to I need to bring in the other people that are here because I am just losing my mind. Um, I am joined, as always, co-host Matt. G'day. How's it going? I am the token science enthusiast for the show. I do not have any <laughs> credentials to my name pertaining to science whatsoever other than the fact that I spend most of my spare time watching informational videos on YouTube. And <laughs> also, like, doing this podcast. And doing like, this learning, podcast. And you know, learning you probably, from, from you. Yeah, do, do, you know, you recording a, a free education. An hour to two hours once per fortnight is, you know, pretty solid. I don't need um, <laughs> Skillshare or anything like that to learn because I have... Uh, Which is not family. to shit on Skillshare. Skillshare, if you want to sponsor us, um, <laughs> we buy you. <laughs> Matt, where are you? I am speaking from lands traditionally owned by the Noongar people, and I do also want to pay respect to elders and young'uns as well, past, present, and emerging. You know, the traditional custodians from the land. Any whom. And we are not just joined by yourself and myself, Kate. We are also joined by... Catriona. A resident immunologist. Resident immunologist. Uh, our resident immunologist, because we've had you on the show a couple of times. Yeah. yeah this and, is... and totally a science enthusiast as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're all science enthusiasts here. Would we be science. giving up our free time to make this um, if we weren't science enthusiasts? I'm just really passionate about editing, so I'll just do whatever content <laughs> it takes just so I can hear my own voice for three hours after we've done recording Next this. episode, you bring it in. Like, Hi, my name's Matt, and I'm an editing enthusiast. <laughs> anyway, Kat, you are also, I believe, in Melbourne recording from lands traditionally owned by the Wurundjeri people. I, I am indeed, and I pay my respects as well to their elders past, present and emerging. If you guys didn't catch the previous episode, I'm going to refrain from throughout this whole episode being like, oh, as we said, as we said, mm -hmm. listen back, listen back. I'm going to take it like I'm going to I'm going to do it now. Get it out of the way. Mm -hmm. Go back and listen to part one. Uh, vaccines. Scroll back. I can't remember how long ago we made it. It was now, in actually. season one. It was sometime last um, year when COVID was starting to get a little bit spicy and we weren't all just totally fatigued by the whole situation oh no i think it was no, it, it was, was season two was it season two it was yeah it was oh my god Kat producer and I out of having 10. been in lockdown for <laughs> and kate months, and i were and in one room it we got to record insane. in person together Dang. and that was a big novelty because it so it must have been around summer when we had that mm. dip when we went in lockdowns here in melbourne australia loving life oh <laughs> anyway the <laughs> 
go back and listen to that. We go into a lot of detail about the different types of vaccines, you know, what they do, um, some of the different ones that are available, all of that kind of thing. And we're going to, you know, we'll do a little bit of a recap on just kind of the basics of, you know, vaccines and how they work. But if you, if you want to go into detail about that sort of stuff and, you know, difference between mRNA vaccines versus, you know, viral vector vaccines, etc., we talk about all of that in great detail with some amazing analogies, I must say, because I went, <laughs> I went back and re-listened to the episode prior to recording this to remind myself what we talked about mainly. Um, and, you know, we, we oh, it's good. We've, we, we talk... We've got some good good analogies. Going I feel on, like I'm but... back in high school right now, and the teacher is talking at the front of class. And we're like, and now, as you all should know, because you all studied these pages last night, we're yeah, going to continue assuming that knowledge. And I'm here, like, I didn't re-listen to that episode. Prior no. To recording no, 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 no. I didn't do my homework. I didn't do my um, homework prior to recording, so I'm going to be well, like, yes. So if any say, minor so, refresher things come up, I'm I'm going to ask about it. I just no. Just this that is out this there. is the th- okay. <laughs> I wanted to just spruik that episode because we did put a lot of work into making it, but. It is not, you know, assumed knowledge at this point. Like, it's not compulsory pre-reading. Okay, like, that's good. You know. <laughs> Whoever well, does the pre-reading anyway. <laughs> am I the only I mean, nerd what? that ever did any? Okay. Uh, <laughs> don't know if that says more about me or. Um, all right, then, Matt. Uh, we had different high school start. experiences. That's what we've learned from this. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I already knew that. That was <laughs> that was a fact well established. Yes. But no, I reckon a logical place to start is, all right, then, Matt, who didn't do the pre-reading? Oh, God, do don't remember? single me what out you know? in front of the class. God, this is a nightmare. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, like, what do you, what do you, do you remember anything about just like. Vaccine vaccines. good. Get it. <laughs> Vaccine is good. Equals. Equals good. Um, Okay. So what I remember is the the vaccines, the new ones we have out are a new type of vaccine. They are an mRNA vaccine, which I can't remember what the M stands for, but I know what RNA is. Messenger. Messenger RNA. So rather than the Mm. traditional type of vaccine where they take a small amount of the virus or whatever you're trying to vaccinate against, putting it in the thing, injecting it into your body so your body can be like, aha, I, I, I see a bad, I now learn how to kill. So then when it gets a big amount of it later, your your body is already primed and prepped to fight off whatever that disease is. With the mRNA, it sort of gives you blueprints of what the virus looks like Nailing or sort of it, is yeah. or something, something adjacent mm-hmm. to it. I can't remember the exact wording and you know we body, use the analogy of a recipe yeah or like um, a sticky note or yeah. something um yeah because it so, needed an envelope to be protected so None rather than it actually really... being like a part of the virus it's like you know a drawing of one of the arms of the virus it's like hey you recognize that tentacle mm. arm if you see tentacle arms around you know you know you know you know what to do um, yeah <laughs> yeah exactly pretty much um but i don't remember anything about the the mm. the vector the vector thingy Viral vector. yeah i, I will don't remember that, that one and the yeah. mrna so like pfizer and moderna are mrna vaccines mm-hmm. um astrazeneca is not it is right. a viral vector vaccine which similar sort of principle you're not we're not injecting the virus that we're injecting is not sars cov2 mm. it's something else that's just acting as a as a messenger in a way right. um bringing the instructions on how to build part of the covid virus mm. the spike protein specifically which yeah we were saying is like you know the uniform of a you know yeah 
bad guy, so you know <laughs> what you've trained for. And yeah, I recall See? now. Look at that. We, you know everything. There we go. Oh, don't don't, don't, don't say that. And that's that's, that's <laughs> this episode done. Oh, yeah, right. well, cool. thank you so much for um, listening, everyone. You can find us on Patreon, <laughs> social media. <laughs> So yeah, that, that's kind of what we went into last episode. So mm. this episode, Catriona, do you want to tell yeah. us, what are, what are we going to talk about this one instead that's a bit different? Well, today we're going to talk about why a second dose and mm. why even maybe a booster. Because, you know, as Matt so eloquently put, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> you outlined, you know, how the virus, uh, not how the virus works, how the vaccine works. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of us training the immune system. So shouldn't it be like, you know, done and dusted? Mm. Um, so mm. why with this disease and, and with a couple of other diseases, like why why do we need um, Multiple extra shots. doses? Yeah, mm. as this episode is so aptly named, dose two. <laughs> um, Who could have planned that? That's <laughs> Not us. So why do we need a dose two? <laughs> Is it to just like get a better understanding of the picture? Your body kind of forgets it after a bit. And you're like, haha, I need to look at the, I need to look at that blueprint one more time to really consolidate that learning. Kind of like in, in your description, Matt, of, mm. of you saying what the vaccine actually does, you use the word prime. And Ooh. that's actually the technical term Whoa. that we use. Like we, we <laughs> so well done. Get out of here with scientist. your jargon, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> um, like you, you prime the immune system. You, you, you get the immune system sort of on board. It can recognize um, the the virus. It can recognize this uniform, the spike proteins, mm-hmm. um, and it generates a large number of what we call memory immune cells. Um, and so, you might have heard the term antibodies, which are particular like special shape proteins. Um, mm-hmm. And specifically, what we're looking for is these special shape antibody proteins that can bind or latch on to the spike protein. Mm, so this is we we went into sort of lock and key analogy mm. last time, which I think is always going to be the best analogy. Yeah, for... it's the classic. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, yeah. every lock and key kind of has its own sort of specific shape on both ends. And so it's it's very, very similar. So the spike protein has a particular shape as do the antibodies that can bind onto it, latch onto it and mm. sort of signal to the rest of the immune system like, hey, this is here, we all need to attack. Um, mm-hmm. And it can also neutralise uh, the virus if it latches on to the protein, like the spike protein if it's on it's the virus It's like putting itself. chewing gum on the key so it yeah. won't fit in the lock anymore. That was <laughs> exactly. that was also from last episode. I'm just <laughs> reusing all my own really good content. I mean, if it's um, good. Like. Yeah, it's good. It's it's like a dose two of information. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like uh, going back to sort of high school and and homework and and learning and Mm. things like that. um, I know my teachers always told me like, you know, you learn information and then when you relearn it just before Mm. an exam, like the Mm. second time you learn something, it sticks in a little Mm. bit deeper. So um, it's, it's very, very similar with with the immune system. So we're looking for um, memory immune cells that can remember what the virus looks like and that's kind of the whole point of a vaccine but also these antibodies that are floating around in our blood that can also, you know, bind onto and latch onto this virus. So um, the thing is it's completely normal Mm. that numbers of these will wane over time. Um, Mm. That's just, you know, whether whether it's from a vaccine or, or whether it's from like you were infected with a disease, mm-hmm. um, you'll you'll create a large number of, of memory cells, but then they'll die 
over time. Um, just as they're, they're placed as well, but, right? but like the, the whole total count will start to, to drop. Why, um, why is it that there, there are some vaccines though, right? That you, mm. you only need one dose and then like you're good that's for, life, it for life, right? Yeah. There are some that you get like when you're a baby. Why, why is it different with those? It, it depends on, you know, how they're going about stimulating the immune system. Um, so antibodies are produced by B cells um, and then your other um, specific arm of the immune system that can, like, generate memory and, and generate, like, sort of this specific response is T cells. So we've got our B cells and mm. our T cells. Yeah. Um, and different vaccines will try to, I mean, all vaccines, you know, kind of hope to sort of be priming both yeah. Um, but but it, it just so happens that the way that we design vaccines, um, uh, they might be more mm-hmm. geared towards B cells or they might be more geared towards yeah, T okay. cells. Like for the flu, for example, which we need to yeah, get every, every year, year. Um, I there, there are a lot of people who I work with um, who are trying to uh, generate vaccines that, that target T cells because that way it might be a little bit more universal mm-hmm. than... than um, yeah, okay. The current ones I, that target B cells. As far as I was aware, like with the flu vaccine, it's not so much like a booster shot as it is just like a different a vaccine one. every <laughs> Adapting year. Adapting to because, the strains that evolve over the course of yeah, time. Yeah, like it's yeah. not about the, the memory cells forgetting mm. what the flu looks like, but it's about the flu being a shapeshifter um, mm. and, and being very good at its deception checks um. yeah no that's 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 totally accurate um uh but kind of the essence of what i was saying in terms of like whether you target b cells or t cells like that's yeah. kind of yeah. the same sort of premise um because the inside of the the influenza virus is is less likely to change over time and that's what the t cells are targeting yeah okay. the outside it's this constant like mm. shape right yeah 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 so it's like the armor like they there's Get yeah. a new outfit, new clothes, new, new mask, and that confuses all those antibodies. Mm. <laughs> mm. Like how this, mm. this, I mean, this is the flu. Look, this too. one's wearing glasses and a moustache. How could that? <laughs> and this one has a beard, and this year. one That's... just has a funny looking hat. <laughs> Whereas the T cells, um, like it's the eyes, man. Look into its eyes. You can see it's the same guy <laughs> under there. I'm telling you. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. Pretty accurate. <laughs> <laughs> um. So as like. COVID, right? Because, I mean, we're talking about vaccines in general, but on everyone's mind right now is obviously (laughs) the COVID vaccines. Um, Having to get, like, a second dose and potentially, you know, a booster, is that to do with the fact that it's mutating? Like, we've obviously heard that there's a Delta variant at the moment. kind of the big deal. We've had Alpha variant. Like, we've had all, you know, it it is mutating. Like, is that the problem or is it... You know, or is it everything? <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's separate things, and I'll cover them. Okay, okay. individually. Yep. So I'm, jump, I'm jumping. Okay, ahead. yeah, a little bit. Jeez. Yes, I'm jumping. Um, okay. I'm a science <laughs> enthusiast. Damn it, let me be enthused. <laughs> um, so just just going back to in general, um, most children will receive routine vaccinations, like which includes boosters for for things like you know chickenpox or tetanus. Like you need a new tetanus shot every five years. Um, mm or uh, mumps, measles and rubella, like the MMR, mm-hmm. um, you, you get multiple ones. And and similar to COVID, so, you know, I'll bring it back to COVID because, yeah. as you said, everyone's thinking it's, about it. Yeah. Um, the 
the simple answer is that the, the second dose will essentially just be another dose of exactly the same vaccine that you received. Like there's, mm. there's not really right. a difference. Yeah, and, yeah, and true. The concept is that you want to prolong that long-lived immunity. So you've got all those memory cells, but you want to give them a little bit of a like refresher, just like mm. um, spot quiz sort of thing. Mm. Like, um, Matt, what do you remember from last episode? <laughs> oh, and now you'll now that we've gone over it again, <laughs> you'll remember it more. Mm. <laughs> yeah, um, because every, every single time you um, kind of have like a memory response, it's always going to be much more vigorous than the original Mm-hmm. Um, because you've already you, you've you're jumping off from a higher starting point. You've yeah, already got yeah. more immune cells around that can fight. They're trained fighters, um, so you're just better off. And so, um, so as each like you know each cohort of soldiers graduates, they become trainers themselves, and each one of them <laughs> can then train their own cohort, and it, you know <laughs> it grows, right? Yeah. If, if by train you mean like <laughs> they just sort of divide themselves and, and, and multiply. <laughs> yes. So it's like, yeah, yeah, the same cell repeats itself. Um, but, yeah, you're, you're getting a whole lot more fighters. Um, and so that's super, super beneficial. Um, and, and in terms of, like, the COVID numbers, um, I had some numbers. Yeah, so with, with some really large clinical trials with this, what we call prime boost, Mm-hmm. Um, kind of regimen where, where you, you first prime the immune system and then you kind of boost it. Um, with the with the Pfizer, um, protection against COVID went from about 52% after your first dose to mm-hmm. 95% oh, after damn. the second okay. dose. It's because you're like the second response. It's more robust. Mm. It's faster. It's mm. it's more powerful. Um, so you've, you've got more around to defend you. You've got more around to fight. Right. Um, yeah. And for AstraZeneca, if that, mm-hmm. that's what you've got. Um, it went from 76% um, 22 days after your mm. first dose to 81%. Um, and that, that's just one study though. So yeah. like, you know, mm. the numbers are different between different cohorts and, and that's kind of something that um, is important, I think, to remember with, with COVID studies mm. and, and everything we know about it. It's just the information changes so rapidly. Mm. Um, yeah. And, you know, there are studies in the UK, studies in Israel. It's like sometimes they say slightly different mm. things. <laughs> when we are, mm. while we're briefly touching on Astra, because the AstraZeneca is different sort of vaccine, it's what, what was it called? Vector virus? Vector? Viral vector. Viral vector as opposed to mRNA. There was a lot of um, talk about how there's a higher risk with young people getting the AstraZeneca compared to, say, the Pfizer or the Moderna. Why is that? Is it to do with the fact that it's a viral vector vaccine or is it something else entirely? What what makes the Astra different and why were a lot of people saying young people shouldn't get it or why is there that larger risk there with that? Is this the blood clot risk or just risk... Blood, blood, clot, blood clot risk is the main one I'd heard of. Um, well, as far as I'm aware, in terms of like younger versus older people, mm. the way they ass- it's to do with the way they assess risk, and mm-hmm. it's to do with the trade off of how likely someone is to catch COVID and have you know like die from it, right? Mm. Which yeah. 
older people are much more likely to catch COVID and die from it than they are to get a blood clot and die from it. And therefore, in terms of just weighing up the cost risk, mm. because the risk of COVID is greater, it it goes in the benefit of like, it is worthwhile getting the vaccine because you are ultimately better off. Whereas yeah. for younger people, mm. because COVID wasn't hitting them as hard in the beginning anyway, the cost risk analysis became, okay, well, you probably are, I mean, not more likely to get a blood clot than mm. to catch COVID, but that cost slips If you are to catch slightly. COVID as a young person, it's less likely to be fatal for you. Whereas yes. if you yeah, get a blood exactly. clot as a young so person, it's less it is about more young people. The risk of clot doesn't change. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's less about young people having more risk of clotting yeah. and more yeah. about the risk compared to COVID. Mm. I'm not sure why AstraZeneca necessarily has been linked with more clots than whether it's Pfizer something to do with and whether the vaccine that's to itself do with... or if it's to do with the viral vector, it's, that's an unknown. No, I, no I, it's, I, it's not because okay. there are other vaccines that use that, that system. system. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, um, and I think so happens that, also yeah. it's the fact that, um, you know, okay, as you said, mm. everyone is talking about COVID right now. So mm. I think it's also just everything's been blown out of proportion in that, mm. like, you know, the pill. The contraceptive pill mm. um, will, will much higher also, blood clot risk. Yeah, much than higher blood AstraZeneca. Risk. No one um, and no one that. bats an eyelid about that. Could like unless have they a, have um, you know legitimate medical concerns. Like everyone's mm. just like, yeah, sure, fine, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's just because you know there was this whole not not exactly a scare campaign, but like it, it's just oh, it was it was it presented was, very. Scarily. I don't know. If, like, yeah, mm. I wouldn't call it a scare campaign, yeah. but I would call it like a botched communication. Yes. Yeah. Uh, campaign because it like, wasn't deliberate, so that's why I wouldn't call it a campaign. But right. yes, like it was. No, it was just it, presented in the news as like something that's you know awful and and uh, um mm. it's it's disastrous, and so we all need to avoid it, and, yeah. and that just scared everyone. Right. Yeah, which is unfortunate because you know we make it here in Australia, it's cheaper than mm. Pfizer, et cetera. Like, you know, there are several benefits yeah. to AstraZeneca than nothing. over Pfizer. And it's infinitely better than <laughs> than not getting anything. But, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's just that's just okay. unfortunate, I think, the whole way that went down. Yeah. Um, I, I want earlier in the in the year I was trying to get vaccinated and this was a point when we didn't have as many doses and Mm-hmm. the state I'm in, they were only, they were prioritizing, you know, like people over 50 or whatever to get the vaccines first because fair or fuck enough. Mm. Um, yeah. And we only yeah. had the AstraZeneca available. Um, so I was trying really, really hard to get a, a vaccination, but I couldn't get one until Pfizer became available in mm. Western Australia. Yeah, because, they because were like, your you're... government decided that, yeah, mm. young people, Shouldn't. it wasn't. Well, because there's virtually, and that's yeah. this is why, right? Because there's virtually no COVID, or there was at the time. I mean, mm. there still is, but like at the time mm. as well, like no COVID yeah. in Western Australia, yeah. and so the cost risk mm. of it became. Whereas, like here in Victoria, it mm. opened up to anyone, any age could get AstraZeneca when our numbers started climbing, because all of a sudden the risk of catching COVID and dying from COVID and having long COVID complications, etc., mm. etc became a lot higher and so those scales shifted even though the risk of clotting didn't change at all. And I think I think it's really interesting how it's not just science that has to inform these kind of decisions. It's mm. like, you know, all of these factors, um, like there's a lot of ethics involved in this. Like, mm. you know, how how do you decide what the age cutoff is? Yeah. Mm. Um 
Like what if you're 49 and you're like, I want to get vaccinated, but you can't, you know, you got to draw a line somewhere, hey? Yeah, yeah, and and you do, and sometimes it like it, it can be hard. I, I totally appreciate that it can be hard to draw lines, but you know, I feel like things got messed up too yes. <laughs> along the way. Yes. Um. But but speaking of ethics, I kind of want to talk about boosters now. Mm. So so we talked about why a second dose. So the second dose is to boost that memory response, so that you've um, you know, uh, sort of remembered everything. Like just made sure. That your yeah. immune system remembered everything. Um, and then there's a booster, which going back to your question, Kate, it, it can be the same. It can be an exact replica of the initial mm-hmm. vaccine or it can be tweaked. And with the COVID-19 vaccine, like this is kind of key to consider because uh, researchers are wondering, should we be tweaking it, um, you know, mm. for particular variants of the virus? Because, you know. It's currently it fine for now, but what if mutating. it mutates again? Mm. What if what Which, if it evolves like, again? If you know, almost certainly it will, is a right? Strong like, possibility. Yeah, yeah. Um, like it's certainly not. It, it certainly doesn't like you know change its shape. If we go back to this shape shifting thing, it's certainly not as fast as the flu. Like influenza mm. is crazy shape shifter, but yeah. like viruses do this over time. Um, and, and I mean, and so, we have already seen effects yeah. of that. Yeah. And felt the effects of that, you know, specifically in Melbourne. Like, I think we all felt, like, mm. how much faster the Delta variant spread mm. and how much more infectious it was and how, like, it was a different beast. Like, yeah. you know, we could, like, it, it was the same, but it was different. Yeah. Um, and, and then it also comes down to, like, you know, with something like that, spread versus like transmission and spread versus mm-hmm. like lethality like oh, yeah. with How a vaccine what are we what are we trying to achieve with mm. you know our two doses and potentially mm. a booster is it to stop it spreading or mm. is it stop is it to stop it from killing people right you know? yeah um which is what i've heard you is potentially the, the might not be able happens. to do both because like with the vaccine you can still definitely catch the virus but it can mm. curb those symptoms if if you get it which also if you don't have symptoms of um covid or influenza or anything you're going to be less likely to spread it because if you're sneezing on people you're fucking spreading the virus right (laughs) so if you're not sneezing Mm. on people you're not spreading the virus even though you do have it so you become so does that mean we're making a world of asymptomatic carriers that that was a concern with the vaccines Mm. um quite early on actually Mm. Uh, I, th- I think it's at the moment it's kind of doing both, but yes, yeah, certainly a, a vaccine isn't one hundred percent. It's not like if you're vaccinated, you won't get it. Mm. Um, it's just that you can fight it off quicker because, mm. as as I've already said, like when when you boost, um, when when you've got like another exposure, whether it's because you've actually been infected or because mm. you you've been given another shot. Um, it's more robust. It's more rapid. Like your immune cells just go into like, woo, mm. fight time. But, you know, the thing is, right, like even if we are making a world of asymptomatic carriers, like surely that is better than a world of yeah. overflowing ICU yeah. units and yeah. dead people. Like, you know, mm. we have a whole lot of illnesses and, and things mm. that exist within the community constantly, but... Mm we're not freaking out about them as much as we are COVID because they're not having that severe public health impact. And that's mm. ultimately what the vaccines aim to shift. Like COVID will always exist within mm. the community quite possibly. Yeah. But a lot of people think it's never going to go away. Mm. Like yeah. it's just a matter of how we live with it. And mm. I think, you know, a world of asymptomatic 
sort of carriers or, um, you know, whatever it might be, just as long as it doesn't uh, impact us that much, like mm. that's, that's better. Yeah, and, that's better you know, than this. What life is like now. <laughs> yeah. Mm. At least we can actually live. Life? You know. What, what yeah. life? Yeah. I had yeah. a... Um, on, on boosters, had a friend ask me a question and I couldn't quite give them an answer because I wasn't sure about could your body build up a tolerance to the boosters and getting continual vaccine over time the same way if you take any sort of, I mean, I don't know if you'd call vaccines drugs. I feel like they fall into different categories mm. there. But, you know, repeated yeah. use of things, your body builds up a tolerance over time and thus becomes less effective if we are taking lots of boosters for the rest of our life, is each booster dose going to be less effective as time goes on? That's that's a really good question. Um, mm. And, uh, like, I guess the short answer is in terms of COVID, like, no one knows. <laughs> you know, it's only mm. been around for two years. Mm. We mm. haven't tested um, that yet. Not even. But um, in, in general... No, that's not sort of, that's not the case with the immune system, okay. thankfully. Um, and like I know certainly um, it's it's more whether okay, the bigger problem is whether or not the bugs become tolerant to our immune system's defenses. Because that's right. gonna be much more likely than our immune system becoming tolerant to the actual The bugs. same way as like yeah. anti taking antibiotics when you don't need them and that creates super, yeah. super Yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of a different case and it's something that I'm very, very passionate about and I will, like, try <laughs> to restrain myself. I'm sorry, I um, opened a can of worms there. That's <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, a- antibiotic resistance we'll occurs not... We'll have to do not, an episode on it. Yeah, mm. do one. Um, and have But just, just in brief, it mm. occurs because, um, you know, the, the bacteria... Um, become resistant because they, they they evolve. Like we've said that viruses evolve and mm. they change, like so do, so do bacteria. And so um, they might miraculously develop like this, the instructions to make something that means that antibiotics don't work for them. Mm. And so if you keep taking the antibiotics and then just like suddenly stop or whatever, any that had that miraculous like, oh, I can defend myself, mm it will just grow. So yeah. then you have more of them that are like, oh, we can defend ourselves now. Yay, mm. woo. Um, so that's how. You have an uprising. <laughs> you do. Um, but but with with our immune system, like it's it's pretty good at, at going like, no, this is this does not come from us. Yeah. Like we have to fight this. That's good then. That's good. Yeah. Okay, it cool. is. It is good to know. Yes. <laughs> so I mentioned ethics before mm-hmm. um, and – I think I think it's really important to consider with the booster because a lot of people are just like, ah, oh, do we do we have a booster like Israel, for example? Like they've already started handing them out. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but the question is also like, we've only got a certain amount. Like we've only got a certain supply. Um, and and Mike Ryan, who's the executive director of. of the World Health Organization's Health Emergencies Program gave a really great analogy about life jackets. Like, because, mm. all right, so, so we've only got a certain number of vaccines. Um, you know, what's, why, why should we be giving a third mm. booster mm. to people who already have two doses when yeah. there are people in the world who have none? Who so haven't it's, had any yet. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So um, the, the analogy was like, if you're planning on giving out a booster, it's like you're planning on handing out extra life jackets to people who already have life jackets. Mm. So, well, that was 
a big thing kind of even just with the like first and second dose like the mm. rollout of yeah. you know especially like here in Melbourne it was like do we give appointments to people who need their second dose mm. or do we prioritize getting a first dose into everyone and then like it's a tough question to weigh up because yeah. I, I suppose a stance you could take from the other side of that is if you aren't updating the people who are already fully dosed with their booster shots, then potentially you're losing the efficacy of the herd immunity that you already have established mm. for the sake of mm. bringing up the efficacy of other people to, you know, 50% or whatever. But then potentially you have the virus re getting into places that are already vaccinated, but it's, yeah. it's less effective, you know? I'm sure there are some very so clever yeah. people doing some very clever <laughs> maths on mm. all of the mm. risks of all of that and what, yeah. Yeah, well, like like I said at the start from that one study, like just with Pfizer jumping from 52% um, protection to, 96, to 95, or it was, 95 96, yeah. like it's, you know, that's a big enough difference. But like a booster, it'd be a marginal effect. Mm. Um, How much so does the um, efficacy go down over time? Because you're supposed to get a booster, what, every six months? So after that six months, after your second dose and your efficacy is, your, what, 95 when you get it, what... Is there a number that we have? I that mean, it goes I guess this is to? also what we're still still figuring out and still learning, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah, they are. Like, it's it's quite difficult to answer that question at the moment um, for two reasons. Like, one being, <laughs> this is new. Yeah. Like, and I think everyone's got to like, you know, remember that it's new and be a little bit more forgiving. But then also, like, that also shouldn't create a panic in like, oh my gosh, these vaccines are new. Like, yes, mm. but they're fine. Mm. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. touch that later. Um, but it, the second reason why it's hard to kind of address this or, or at least hard to, to know, okay, how well protected are people over time is that one measure is uh, or the, the biggest or the easiest way that people are measuring this is looking for those antibodies, so those proteins that bind the spike protein from the virus. Mm. So looking specifically at mm. antibodies. But remember, I said the vaccines can do two things. They boost the yeah. B cells, which make the antibodies, but they, but also, they boost also boost T cells. T -cells. Um, and so it's it's more difficult to kind of measure that. Yeah, yeah I was going to ask, how do you measure T cell levels or <laughs> memory or function or Well, anything? you can um, uh, you, you can specifically create tools that like like little baits to go fishing and this is this is actually I what it. i do for my research except yeah i was like COVID. i'm gonna ask you the t-cell <laughs> question because yeah. um but you can like literally create a fishing hook that has the bait of um mm. you know SARS-CoV-2 or, or you know mm. whatever specific element of SARS-CoV-2 you want to look for t-cells that can attack it mm -hmm. um so you just make a little fishing hook with that bait and go fishing in people's blood. We call it the T-cell pool. So, like, you know, you go fishing in the T-cell pool of a person. I so love that. you can kind of get a sense that way of, like, oh, there are this many that take that bait. There are this many yeah. that, that we can yeah. pull out. Um, but it, it honestly is harder. Like, another way would be to take people's T-cells and blood and, and try to sort of stimulate it or activate it with, yeah, um, with, the, virus. with the, the virus to see how many respond or how big of a response mm. you get. Um, so there, there are different ways to kind of measure it, but um, it, it is harder. Like it's not as easy as just being like, okay, how, how, what are our antibody levels? Yeah. And the reason why this is kind of important is that um, 
it's, it, it's possible that like even though some people are reporting that the antibody levels or antibody responses are waning over time, it might be possible that the T cells are compensating. Mm. So it's really hard to yeah. kind of answer. Mm. Yeah. And then the, the question of like, you know, with a booster, do you want to be giving the same vaccine type or a different type? And so yeah. I think what Australia is going to yeah. do is just watch the world. <laughs> yeah. Just watch everyone else. They're yeah. the guinea pigs mm. and then we'll, we'll pick the best way forward. <laughs> yeah. Because like I know, you know, we've been doing first dose, second dose of the mm. same vaccine, but that's yeah. based on, you know, because that's what the trials did yeah. because the companies that make the vaccines – you know, help fund the trials, et cetera. There were some studies that did crossovers. Yeah, um, I was going to say there was, I think, some research in in what happens when you mix and match. From what I've heard from that, it's supposed to be better is what I heard, that there was a higher efficacy rate if you take one and then another. Haven't fact-checked it myself, but that's that's the talk (laughs) of the town. Um, Well, you know, some data from Europe is also suggesting that... um, Mm which is potentially where these studies are from. Like a lot of studies mm. are from mm. Europe and from the US. Uh, yeah, because the idea is that you might be like giving a greater mm. breadth of protection if, if you're, you know, look for these specific, you know, look for these mm. spikes on the uniform that are purple, mm. but also look for the spikes on the uniform that are green, whatever, mm. like slightly mm. different. Yeah, yeah, like one vaccine's like, hey, the, you know, the spikes have a purple tip and the other mm. vaccine's like, hey, the spikes have, like, a green base and yeah. it, the spikes happen to have mm. both. And if you have both bits of information, we've, um, you might be more likely to find We've it. talked a lot about the mRNA vaccine with this. Is mm. Do you need the booster shots as well if you've gotten the viral vector one? Can we have a little refresher on how a viral vector vaccine works and why a booster shot is or isn't necessary for that compared to the mRNA? I mean, it's, it's the same principle. Like, the, mm-hmm. the only difference is just, like, how the information is transported right. into the body, right? It's, it's still there. So the word vector just means, like, carrier, bus, mm. whatever. Like, you know, and within that you put the, you know, RNA, the instructions that you need and you put that into the cell, Right, and, so uh, into the cell, into the body, and your cell's your... machinery makes the spike protein, and the B cells and T cells get trained up, and like mm-hmm. it's it's the same thing. It's just a different delivery method. And if you want more detail on like that, yeah, I would okay. say listen to the last episode. Hmm. Um, but to answer the question of mm. would a booster be necessary for um, something like AstraZeneca, which is the viral mm. vector one, mm. um, yeah, that's kind of what we're looking at in right. other like. In Australia, we are looking at what other countries are doing and it could be that, you know, if you get the AZ, you should get a Pfizer as your booster and then, you know. Or vice vice versa, versa. yeah. Was there anything else in terms of second doses, booster shots, vaccine, information, science, immunology uh, that you (laughs) wanted to touch on this episode? No, I think that kind of covers it. Like, you know, every time, essentially the take-home message is that every time your immune system sees the same Mm. thing, it gets better at its response. Yeah. I do have one more question. I Mm. haven't been able to connect my phone to my 5G chip yet. Do I need to wait for the (laughs) second dose for that to fully sync up or am I able to just connect right away? Like, what's the deal? I I don't want to call tech support. I I think you'll be waiting a long time. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I've had both shots and uh, mine's not working either. So 
Wow. Yeah, like, I mean, I would love to be able to connect better to the internet. Like, as Kate <laughs> knows, my internet at home sucks, mm. but <laughs> mm. the vaccine does not give you 5G. But, you know, I also haven't <laughs> caught COVID since being vaccinated, so yeah. it's a trade-off that I will take. <laughs> I will shuffle us along to the listener question then, which um, has nothing to do with vaccines. But if you if you feel like, you know, you're sitting here and you're still like, I don't have all the answers, I, you know... I'm looking for, mm. we we do have another little special episode that we'll also be releasing, um, less about the science of the vaccines and more about how to have those conversations with, you know, people in your life that might be vaccine hesitant mm. um, or, you know, unwilling to take the vaccine or whatever it is. So it's, it's, it's an episode on the communication, which will you know, be releasing at the same time as this one. So if you want more vaccine stuff, don't worry. We're not done yet. But first, first, let's take a little deviation. Um, we have a listener question that was emailed in. I, I'm going to read it as I, as I tend to do. Uh, <laughs> so, hi, so I'm sitting here watching my baby cousin and I'm just watching her constantly shove everything into her mouth. Why do babies do this? Thanks, Shay. So, Shay, <laughs> you know who had a lot of thoughts about this? Freud. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> truly, though. Of course um, Freud did. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, because, you know, this is definitely a thing babies do, and anyone that has has spent time with, with a small infant will mm -hmm. realise that they do. They shove everything in their mouths. And so, yeah, back in, like, you know, uh, the whenever Freud was a thing in the early <laughs> 1900s, um, he noticed this and was like, it's, it's to do with sex. Of course it is. Well, everything was, um, right? Yes. Well, exactly. He had his whole theory of psychosexual development, which essentially Quick 101 had five different stages across different ages and, like, each associated with a different body part that he called the erogenous zone for that age group. So the first one being the oral stage from zero to one-year-old where you know, followed by the anal, the phallic, the latency and the genitals, Excellent. the whole thing. Love that. Um, you know, and then there was also another psychoanalyst that was quite famous, er Eric Erickson, which I think is a brilliant name. Eric, um, son of Eric. How Eric good. Erickson, yeah. He was around in like the 1950s and he pretty much built upon Freud's theory and had a similar sort of psychosocial development theory, of which the first stage in that first year to 18 months of life was your oral sensory stage. And these guys both believed that essentially all of your pleasure and, and purpose in life at, at that age is to do with your mouth and like feeding and whatever. And so it's like, which I can kind of follow in that, but then they, they were like, it's all to do with trust or mistrust and, and whether you can trust your parent to feed you properly, actually specifically the mother, because these, these theories were both very, very sexist and also super racist because it was all just Western male children. But yeah, th essentially I think it's important to mention because I remember learning about this in like undergrad psychology where they're like, they still kind of talk about these theories and about how people thought that yeah, if you had, maybe you weren't fed enough or whatever, you didn't receive the oral stimulation that you needed at that age that would lead to, like, trust issues later in life or manifest as oral fixations like a smoking addiction. And uh, right. anyway, it's I think it's important to note that, like, none of this can be empirically tested and is 
yeah, like I said, super sexist, super racist, mm. like just not necessarily the science. However, um, it is it, it remains a thing that babies do. And and we have some more there's, there's essentially like five different potential reasons that I found that are current more kind of current theories as to why babies do this. Like why do they shove everything in their mouths? Or it's called mouthing or baby mouthing is the official kind of medical term. Um, and it's considered very normal and good for health. Um, so potential reason number one, this is literally just how babies are exploring the world. Like we use our hands to like feel objects and learn about the world, but like picture little baby hands. They're not very little <laughs> chubby things. They're not very dexterous. Like they can't Can't do actually much. do much with them. No, except grasp and, and, and move put in mouth. mouth. Exactly. <laughs> Whereas like your mouth and your lips and like baby mouths and lips are like, Full of sensory nerves, right? They they let the baby get the feel for like shape, texture, temperature, like all of these things. So that's kind of the leading. It's just literally how they learn. Um, another potential reason is growing babies are hungry because growing requires energy, mm. requires food, leads to hunger. Um, and also taste buds start forming like really early in pregnancy and like babies are, have a massive sweet tooth and this big preference for sweet things. And there's a lot of sort of research into that. And so some people think that like they might just be testing everything for sweetness um, and they just, they just want to eat. That potentially is a contributing reason. Um, reason number three, teething. Babies mm. are growing teeth. We don't remember what that felt like, but you can probably imagine that sprouting all your like, not not super fun. I don't know. My wisdom like, teeth. My wisdom tooth kind of pokes through every now and then. Well, it's yeah, a lot of pain. Yes, yeah, so, <laughs> like that. But whole mouth. Like nah. yeah. And you know, we know that sort of biting down on stuff and like dogs do it too, right? We give them mm. puppies teething toys and stuff, because mm. um, that can alleviate some of that discomfort of teething. And so that's a reason babies put stuff in their mouths. Uh, number four, it acts as a sort of form of self-soothing. So this is normally like the sucking, like sucking your thumb mm. um, and stuff is Which like is a super common bad one. for your teeth, by the way. Like your your um, the structure. Yeah. Mm. Just FYI. <laughs> I have heard that. It mm. pushes um, your top teeth forward. Top teeth mm -hmm. up. Yeah. Which is why, but like Lots a dummy doesn't do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But despite it being bad for the teeth, it is good for the soul. <laughs> um, <laughs> and like there is, you know, research into the fact that this seems to, this sort of sucking thing seems to be quite soothing. Mm. Um, so that's, that's another reason. And then the final reason um, that I found is to do with the immune system. So, Yay. you know, by build it up. Yeah, exactly. Uh. It, 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 it works like a vaccine, right? In, in, in a sort well, of way, like it no, introduces, <laughs> but it like, it introduces new germs and stuff in, right. into this pristine immune system that needs some sort of, you know, it needs to be able well, to recognize things. Can no? I, can I just say, um, I think it'd probably be more about either introducing more like what we call commensal microbes, so just the microbes that live on and with you, um, although yeah. you pick up a heck of a lot of them like just by being born. <laughs> Yeah, um, no. yeah, I can imagine. I yeah. imagine you pick up yeah. a lot just being in the uterus as well, because everything, all of like your nutrients and everything that goes into you as a baby comes from the mother, right? As yeah, but that's a little bit different to like you, bacteria. Right? <laughs> Does the bacteria not get in there as well? I don't know how bodies no. work. No. <laughs> 
it's a pretty sterile environment. Okay. Um, but it's it's when the baby comes out. But um, just on that, the hygiene hypothesis, which um, is is potentially something you might want to go into in another episode. But the yeah. idea mm. is that the more you expose young children to dirt, dust, mm. whatever, like um, a dogs, like pets, um, mm. older siblings. Uh, it means that you're gearing the immune system less, uh, more, more towards tolerance of things like peanuts and all those mm. other things that, that people develop allergies towards. So I would say that in terms of um, grabbing everything and putting it in your mouth as a baby, like, yes, it would be beneficial for the immune system, not in terms of building up immunity towards certain things, but yeah, rather to decrease more. your risk of allergies. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Interesting. And this is why we have an immunologist. <laughs> so those are kind of, you know, the, the current leading theories, thoughts as to why we're, um, why we're putting babies in our mouths. No. Um, hold up. Hey, incorrect <laughs> sentence. No. Uh, Kissing babies. <sighs> about why babies, yeah, put, put everything in their mouths. So I hope, you know, that is enough of an answer um, for your question. Shay, thank you very much for emailing that one in. And with that... Kat, thank you so much for joining us yet again. And, you know, we're not done with you yet. But um, <laughs> if people listen to this Super episode, fun. loved everything you had to say, want to find more of you and they haven't already from our previous episodes, which, like, shame on them. But, you know, <laughs> if they haven't, for whatever reason, uh, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at KatrinaNR. Um, mm-hmm. Or you can also find me on Instagram and YouTube at Neuroscientist. So N-Y-U-R-O Scientist. Yep, I will link those in the description as always, Pam. And you can find us at Curiosity Rat on Twitter, Instagram, Curiosity Killed the Rat on Facebook. If you have a listener question, email us, curiosityrat at gmail.com. And we have a Patreon. Feel free if you, you know, love the content we make, appreciate the time and effort we've put into it. You can jump on there, chuck us a few bucks or not. You do you. <laughs> I don't really mind, but it's a thing. And just a reminder, you know, if you want more, if you want more Catriona, if you want more <laughs> stuff about vaccines, we have another little bonus F that's coming out on the same day. It should be right there, right there in your little podcast app, whatever you're using. Um, go to it if you want to learn about communication and, you know, in in the frame of having that conversation with people in your life that, you know, maybe haven't had the vaccine yet and you really want them to. We've got you covered, fam, coming up. And so with that... I think that winds this episode up. Dose two. Dose two. Electric boogaloo. <laughs> Is that how you're ending it, Matt? You're not going to say anything else? You're just going to say... What more is there to say? Curiosity. Kill the rat. Curiosity. Kill the rat.